Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from February 12th, 1983, hosted by Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts, and originally taped on February 2nd, 1983, the second part of a two-hour TV taping in the Irish McNeil Boys Club. I am the great Brian Last, and joining me like he does each and every week, He's your friend, your unprofessional friend, some may say, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing good, I, and I'm I'm mad at myself right now for one thing. <laughs> we pride ourselves on Hank Watch. We pride ourselves on Boyd Pierce. Boyd Pierce's suits, that is. We forgot to mention Boyd's suit on last week's episode, which is the same this week because of the taping. And I don't know how to explain Boyd's suit. It's like a bit of a tile-type pattern, and he's got the matching tie to it. And at least on the external hard drive episode I have, it almost is like a purplish color, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm bad with colors. You know, I'm, my wife tells me that all the time. I think I, it's purple. I think you could okay. say purple. All right. So, but it's, um, it's not, is it's not the color isn't outlandish, but the nice squarish looking tile 3D pattern is, is very Boyd Pierce-esque. So he's not conservative this week. And I think I saw Hank, but I don't really think it's him. It's hard to say. Let me stop you there because we'll have a little bit more to say about Boyd's outfit later because Bill Watts has an interesting comment, which he immediately, I think, realizes he needs to backtrack a little bit. But the Hank watch is interesting. So again, no fans on the left side of the ring, the far side right. of the ring. And that's where he had sat on some of the recent tapings. The fans that sometimes stretch out to the corners of the left and the right, they're not going as far out. However, there's a few points during, I think, the Andre the Giant tag team match where they do a really wide shot. And if you look far to the left, I thought I saw Hank. Then I thought I saw him in the second row. And I'm completely not sure if I'm getting, because there's no clear shot, two people, one wearing a hat in one row and one behind them. If, they, if I'm mixing them together and thinking it's Hank or if it's two different people, but where did you think you saw him? Same thing you just said. The red coat, very, very, very far left as you can get. Yeah. They show that wide shot. And I didn't notice it until, I guess you're right, that tag match. I don't know. It definitely looks like him, but it's just really hard to tell. And if it is him, my God, they treating this old man bad, man. I mean, he used to be front row, hard camera center, and now he's just been banished to wherever. So anyway, I think it's him, but there's no way of uh, positive identification. We can't do a DNA test or get his thumbprint or anything. So there's that. And other than the old woman with the glasses in the middle, all the other old ladies are gone. Yeah, it's like uh, the crowd's transitioning or something on us here. Fascinating stuff, Brian Last. Fascinating stuff. It's <laughs> in Mid-South Wrestling. <laughs> it certainly is. And let's hear how the show opens up with the tiled Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce. A great card. It'll be headlined by Mid-South Tag Team Championship Battle. That's right. The Mid-South Tag Team title holders, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne, defend those coveted belts against the challenge of the terrific twosome of Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, and Andre the Giant. Mr. Rassing 2 is here. The Junkyard Dog will be in action. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It all adds up to one hour of a lot of excitement. The man to tell you about it, no one better qualified than Cowboy Bill Watts. Well, Boyd Pierce, a lot of things happening. Of course, the big Mid-South tag match you've already touched on. I'm sure everybody's anticipating it, as are we. The next thing in the North American title. A lot of mystery clouds the issue. But the title was returned in a very unceremonious way to matchmaker Grizzly Smith. And Charlie Lay and the board of directors of Mid-South 
have decided there's only one way to solve it. That is a tournament for the North American title, a one-night tournament. The date will be March the 21st in downtown New Orleans. New Orleans, a great city that has had so much history with Mid-South Wrestling. That's the city that has won the right for the North American title tournament. And we'll be talking more about that as that event approaches. Earlier, Mr. Wrestling 2, who's been the victim of somebody symbolically threatening him, they sent him his mask, or a mask like his, cut in half. Reeser Bowden talked to him just prior to our going on the air. Let's look at that pre-recorded interview. Well, before we get there, Mike, let's briefly discuss what Bill Watts just said. North American title tournament, downtown New Orleans, March 21st. That means the title will be vacant for well over a month. Which is amazing when you think about it. They're going to, that's the big title. But I guess it goes along. I don't know. Now that I think about it, as you said it like that, I guess that you got to treat it right. And I guess that was just the next opportunity. Plus, they wanted to build it up on TV a little bit to make sure they got the people to the auditorium. Not that they were having trouble filling the auditorium at all, if that makes sense. But I don't know. I guess it makes sense that they would give it a little while to build. And that way, it's a big, big event that night that they're going to have at the auditorium. I don't know. I, I, at first, when you when you first posed it like that to me, I was like, huh, yeah, that's not good. But then I think more about it. And I'm like, no, nah, they, they built it up. It's fine. Well, let's now go to the interview that was aforementioned by Cowboy Bill Watts. Reese Bowden speaking with Mr. Wrestling 2, who continues to be harassed. You'll recall there have been several incidents in which property belonging to Mr. Wrestling 2 has been defaced. It seems that somebody's trying to get under your skin, and uh, apparently it hasn't come to a stop. Well, you know, it's, it's property that looks like mine. It's, it's, I found out that a man evidently has gone to a far extent of going out and buying these things himself and, and, and putting them in my path is what it boils down to. He's trying to mess with my mind, my family, and my, and my livelihood, which I don't particularly care about. You know, and here he's, he just sent me another one here, and he says, Two, you're only half the man you think you are, and I'm going to prove it. Well, let me tell you something, my friend. Bring yourself on for the 15,000th time. If, you're, if you are half the man you say you are, if you can do the same, the thing that you say you're going to do to me, bust me, knock me down, kick me, whatever you're going to do, come on out and do it. Quit sending me messages. I'm sick and tired of it. Well, maybe it will all come out in the open and we'll find out what this is all about. Well, you heard wrestling too, and I certainly echo his feelings that anybody that threatens a person like that is the lowest individual ever and a coward to boot. Let's go to Reese Bowden in the ring for the first bout. Another great fired-up promo for Mr. Wrestling 2. And as soon as his voice changes, as soon as he gets fired up, you believe him. He's a little white guy in a white mask. You believe him. He's so good, man. He just, you know, you got to think about it. This is a real emotion that someone would have if someone is stalking them and doing the things that are happening to him that he's experiencing. And he's got that voice, the perfect voice also when you get fired up where it gets a little grobbly and it's rigid and stern and tough. And he's just really good there. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention at one point when two got the mask in the note and Reeser looks down at it and gives a slight chuckle and laugh. I don't know if you caught that, Brian. Did you? Yeah, of course I did. Because I (laughs) I watch him like I'm watching the Sapruder film. Every time I see him, I'm looking for a little tick, a little eyebrow lift, a little look at the camera, whatever it is. And I'm never surprised. I'm surprised that it was only that. And then he got very serious for the rest of the promo. Right. It was just it was just that one real, I guess, hard smirk and smile. And he didn't do it for long. And he then stopped. 
good for him. He's 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 working it out. He, he's getting it down pat. Well, we then get a match. Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Mike Bond. Alfred Neely is the referee. I don't have really too many notes about this match, Mike. Mr. Wrestling 2 wins with his knee lift. Any thoughts or notes from you? I've got the exact same thing that you've got, Mr. Wrestling 2. Bond gets out of the face lock, and then he starts going for 2's mask, and then 2 catches Bond with a solid punch, and then hits Bond with the knee lift, and 2 wins by pin. And that's it. Last week, Bill Watts got to do the interviews at the ring. This week, I guess it's Reeser's turn because we get another interview. Here's Cowboy Bill Watts throwing the Reeser Bowden, interviewing Hacksaw Duggan about the upcoming North American title tournament, as well as his desire to be the Brass Knucks champion. The tournament for the North American title, March 21st in downtown New Orleans, is going to attract a lot of tough men, a lot of entries. And one man who certainly... No stranger to Mid-South and is certainly very vocal and outspoken. Hacksaw Dugan was talking to Reeser Biden about that tournament. In New Orleans on March 21st, it will be a big tournament for the North American heavyweight title. And a lot of the fans have wanted to know, Let me tell you Hacksaw Duggan going to be in it? Hacksaw, of course Hacksaw Duggan is going to be in it. Let me tell you something. Though I have this Louisiana State heavyweight wrestling championship belt, it just doesn't quite fit. Hacksaw Duggan right. You know, it feels like a tie, maybe. Just doesn't fit Hacksaw Duggan. So Hacksaw Duggan is definitely putting his name in the hat. Hacksaw Duggan will definitely be there for the North American Championship match. And it seems to be the year of tournaments. And I just want to ask one question. I want to ask Paul Bosch, the promoter of Houston, where is the brass knuckles belt? Hacksaw Duggan doesn't come out here and say a lot of things, but Hacksaw Duggan says... He can come out here and fight and want to fight. And the kind of belt that proves that is a brass knuckles belt. And that's the belt Hacksaw Duggan wants. Well, Paul Bosch has been told and the what? North American, would-be North American champion has been warned. Let's go to the ring and race about. Another great Jim Duggan interview. You could certainly see why he's connecting so well with the fans, even though he's a heel. He has so much charisma, so much personality here. A different look. He's got a headband that says Duggan on. He's got his sunglasses on. He leans into the camera. He's just, he, you could tell he's going to be a star. He's, it's so much fun to watch Jim Duggan at this stage of his career. Yeah, and just like two a second ago, there is no doubt how serious he is, man. He is dead serious. He wants that North American title. He's proud of the title he currently holds, but he also wants the Brass Knucks title. And he is, I always say, like, Arn Anderson used to do this all the time as well. Duggan has sunglasses on, so it's a little hard for you to see his eyes, but obviously you can't see his eyes because of the shades. But when he looks into that camera... He's looking at you and you feel he's talking to you and you can feel the emotion. And that's what makes that so good. He's looking through the camera into you, into your home, and you know he's dead serious and he means business. And he's fired up. Again, Reese smiling and smirking, especially right when he asked him the question. <laughs> he asked Duggan the question. And as soon as Duggan starts firing away, Reese looks at the camera and he laughs. It's almost like, can you believe it? I'm here again. <laughs> I'm with you, man. This had to, I don't realize, I, I, this had to drive Watts nuts. It really did. I mean, this is incredible stuff. I, I cannot get enough of Reeser laughing. Well, we then get our match. Hacksaw, I'm thinking about Reeser. Hacksaw Duggan versus Art Cruz or Rick Ferreira as the referee. And during a part of the match, while Art Cruz starts getting fired up, and he does get a good portion of this match, it is a good back and forth. Bill Watts gives a little bit of a history lesson. 
about the junkyard dog in Mid-South Wrestling as it relates to a young guy like Art Cruz trying to work his way up. Let's hear this. Art Cruz showing a lot of fight, a lot of guts out there. He's giving Hacksaw Dugan a battle. A lot of people think when they see these young kids come out against these top stars, there's not going to be a match. But we got to sit here and recall that the junkyard dog lost many matches when he first came to Mid-South Wrestling. And he wasn't called the junkyard dog. As a matter of fact, he left here, and he went to Germany, and he went to Canada, and he learned his skills, and he came back, and he said that he had the longest losing streak ever on Mid-South. We saw one Don Diamond come over one day, uh, an unheralded newcomer, and make a name for himself on Mid-South. You never can tell which one of these youngsters is going to start putting it together and rise it up. Dugan set. Oh, he just, he just leveled you. I don't know how he does. Seemed like it hurt him as much as the other guy. Almost demolition, but the winner, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, will be back after this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. The match ends a fantastic-looking spear. Any thoughts on Bill Watts' commentary or the match, Mike? No, I like how, you know, Watts talks Cruz giving Duggan a battle and in the history lesson on JYD. I actually thought, although Duggan didn't make quick work of him, that Cruz was scrappy in there and he tried to put up a little fight. And I know it was quick, but still good. There was nothing wrong with it. This just further builds Duggan. I mean, he's in there and Cruz is not a small man, you know, so he's in there against Cruz and he's laying it in. There's one point he he like clubbed him in the back, man, or or a couple of clubs. And Duggan is he's rearing back, man. That that arm is far back. But uh, he's laying it in and it's two kind of big guys going at it. And Duggan looked good, looked strong and getting another win, building up for this tournament he's going to be in. The next match, we get Iron Mike Sharp versus Kelly Kaniski with Alfred Neely as the referee. I don't have too many notes about this match, Mike, other than once again, Iron Mike Sharp wins with his clothesline. Any thoughts or notes from you? I just Mike Sharp hit him with some nice drop kicks that look good, especially for a man sharp size. I mean, we've, we talked a lot about Mike Sharp a year or so ago on this show and, you know, how good he was in Mid-South. So I wanted to point that out. And then Watts was given a ton of small history lessons during this match. Like, I didn't have anything specific, but he's talking about DiBiase and DiBiase's dad. He's talking about Kaniski and Kaniski's dad, Gene Kaniski. So he's like, he he's really, it's nothing worth playing, but obviously he's just giving a history lesson while these guys are in here. And, you know, we often talk about Mid-South and the style of matches, well, you know, where guys are kicking the crap out of each other. Well, you know, these aren't two huge names, but it was a Mid-South style of match. Guys punching, kicking the hell out of each other nobody's like packing it in at all they went out there to work hard and that's just what they did sharp ends up winning with the the simple clothesline again we then get a tag team match tom renesto jr and sonny rogers versus joe stark and buddy landell with rick ferrera as the referee i'll let you talk about any thoughts or notes from this match but one thing i want to do is play a little bit of audio here very briefly sonny rogers has a very colorful outfit a very colorful I shouldn't even say outfit, just his trunks are colorful. There's colors on it. It's not just black or blue. Well, Bill Watts has some thoughts about that, but then he remembers who he's sitting next to. Let's hear this. We have Rogers and Stark in the ring. Here's Bill. Well, I'll tell you, Buddy Rogers, I mean, Sonny Rogers is either going to be tough or crazy because if he wore that outfit around where I grew up, <laughs> they'd check him out. Boy, and of course, I say that. And I look at you and I smile because you've been known to wear some wild clothes yourself. Well, so I guess it's just each personal taste. Last week when I introduced him as his psychedelic clothes on, but this week I didn't have, I just couldn't do it anymore. So. Well, there it is. 
kind of says that Sonny Rogers <laughs> would have no chance in his hometown or his street. And then he turns around, he sees boys sitting there all purple and tiles. And he's like, oh boy, I better walk this back real quick. I guess everybody has their own taste, Boyd. <laughs> Well, and then Boyd actually walked back his own comments that he had made previously because, you know, Boyd's making fun of people with colorful outfits on. Well, that's the pot calling the kettle black. So you got to kind of be careful with that one there, Boyd. I mean, so but the, the, the gear he had on, I mean, the trunks, they've got like this. I almost want to call it a colorful leopard print, but it's hard to tell because the resolution isn't all that great. But he had the ring jacket on, too, that matched the trunks and. He just looks really strange with those colors. That's about the only way I can say it. So, yeah, there you have it. Any thoughts on the match and the finish? You know, the only thing I had is Watts makes the point again about preliminary talent and weight classes in wrestling. In a nutshell, Watts explains why the preliminary guys they're, they're going against each other isn't a bad thing. You know, you, you got to see maybe if the cream will rise to the top. If you're putting preliminary guys against main eventers on TV all the time, it really doesn't give them much of a chance. Whereas, hey, if you put some of these guys against some of the same, if you want to talk about level of competition, you kind of give a chance to see who can rise up from those ranks and who the better are of those guys. Now, it doesn't make for compelling TV matches because they're not well-known and established stars, but, you know, you see a guy like Buddy Landell here who you know is going to become a future star in a territory. You're like, oh, okay, well, I can see what Watts' point is there with having some of these preliminary guys in here working against each other or wrestling against each other. And he talks about the fact that the junior heavyweights have kind of not really had a forum since Danny Hodge left wrestling, that he was the last great junior heavyweight that people cared about. What was the finish of the match? I, let me turn my notes back over. Uh, no, I think um, Sonny Rogers, uh, he tries to hit Joe Stark with like a knee off the top rope, but he lands on Renesto when Stark moves. And then Stark then pins um, Renesto and wins it for he and Buddy. And then Watts makes a big deal. It's Stark's first ever win. So yeah. They make a yeah. big deal out of that. Hey, Buddy looks really good in this match. If if you're watching along, if you if you're not watching along with us, I'm telling you, go 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 watch Buddy Landell in his February 12th, 1983 episode. Some of his arm drags are great looking. He throws some really nice drop kicks. Buddy has a really good show in here, and it's not a match that anybody will ever talk about. But a young Buddy Landell looks really good in this match, and I just want to point that out. We then get the big main event tag team match, the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus Andre the Giant and Tony Atlas with Alfred Neely as the referee. Before we get going with this, let's hear Bill Watts' opening thoughts about this match, and then we'll come out of this and talk about it on the other side. Well, I'll tell you, everybody's waited for this, and I certainly look forward to it. I'm glad to be here with you, boy, and I know everybody that's home doing. Matt Bourne, Tony Atlas. DBS inborn, which way do you think they've got to try to figure which is the weaker link? And on the parents, you'd say anything except Andre. But then you're against Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, who can bench press 600 pounds, who's quick as lightning, can drop kick almost taller than a tall building, so to speak. And I just don't know what to tell you. They're both trying to gang up on him. This is going to be a hard match for a referee. Tony Atlas tagged behind. I don't know if the referee saw it or not. And. Matt Bourne just got tossed from the top of a skyscraper as seven foot four, 485 pounds. Look at him throw Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne like they're just little children. And he just dropped Matt Bourne then right on his stomach, headbutts. And Ted DiBiase went over like a piece of cordwood. And listen to this crowd, they love it. We have two standby matches scheduled, but this is for one fall or TV time remaining. One of those standby matches I certainly hope we have time for. 
It's the greatest man that ever put on a pair of wrestling tights in Mid-South, the junkyard dog. But right now, at, at stake, and the action is hot and heavy as we have this Mid-South tag team title match. And DiBiase is firmly convinced that this is a conspiracy to rid Mid-South of his talent. Well, there we hear it. The match gets going, and of course, Andre comes in and dominates. What do you think of this match, Mike? So when you're watching, uh, I always talk about this, when you're watching this match back like we are right now, you know, I saw this as a kid, and I was just mesmerized. I mean, you got Andre and Tony Atlas versus the the tag champs, and it's just like, whoa. But the problem is having, when you're older and you know what's coming, the whole time I'm watching Andre dominate them in the early going, and DiBiase and Bourne have no answer. Let's be real. Andre the Giant could kill you if he wants to at any time. So it's neither here nor there. But the whole time I'm watching this, Brian, I'm like, all right, I know it's coming. I'm ready to see the finish because I've seen it a million times, but I want to see it again. But overall, Andre looks good. He's mobile. DiBiase and Bourne sell for him. They're on the run. The whole match, uh, most of the match, good, hard hitting mid south tag team match where, boy, oh boy, the finish is something else. Well, let's go to that right now because the finish is the finish of a hot match, but also a moment that mid south wrestling fans remember. A moment that all these years later, where people try to trace the various losses or body slams of Andre the Giant, a lot of people look back to. Let's hear the finish of this big tag team match. Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne trying to go for Tony Atlas' eyes. Bourne throws a wild left haymaker. Tony Atlas ducked, and Matt Bourne, DiBiase's coming, but the Giants going after DiBiase. DiBiase's out on the floor. Tony Atlas pressing slams. Matt Bourne, hacksaw Dugan, just speared Tony Atlas, who tripped backwards. Now, Hacksaw's in there against Andre. Andre's against all three men. DiBiase going to his tights, loading up that glove. DiBiase just teed off right on the jaw of Andre the Giant. But he couldn't even knock him down. They're going for a double slam. They can't get him up. Andre has just run their heads together. He's gotten both men in a bear hug. Skandar Akbar's on the scene. He's waving. Here comes Kamala. Here comes Kamala. He's got a two before. Kamala whacked Andre the Giant with that two before. He hit Andre right in the head with a two before. Ladies and gentlemen, that's broken down out here. Kamala. Tony Atlas has drop kicked Kamala right on the chin. The two before went flying. Hacksaw Dugan back in there. Andre the Giant is hit split. The referee calling for the disqualification. Kamala. Kamala circling Andre. Circling him like he's a wounded animal back in Uganda. Those are just Kamala, Kamala just slammed Andre the Giant. I've never seen anyone human slam Andre the Giant. Now Kamala doing his cannibalistic dance. Crowd is cheering. Kamala going for the splash on Andre. The junkyard dog coming with a chain. Wrestling two in the ring. Kamala, Andre's head is badly lacerated. The junkyard dog disqualification but you know DiBiase at Bourne had Hacksaw Dugan planted what we didn't their dream is that Andre and Kamala and their battles at Kamala and Akbar Andre is mad like a wounded buffalo and Bill while things try to settle down and we regain our breath we'll pause and be back after this important message well, there it is, and that is a hot match and a big angle. They've been building up Kamala for months. Kamala pins the junkyard dog. Kamala's unstoppable, and here he is. He finally goes in there. Akbar and DiBiase have some kind of deal. 
and you get Kamala and Andre the Giant. Mike, I want you to talk about it because, again, you saw it live for the first time when you were a kid. But I have to say, out of all the body slams of Andre, this one may be one of the most impressive ones because he gets a full turn. He gets Andre all the way up and then puts him down. It really looks great. Yeah, he took that body slam like body slams are are intended to be taken, where you go up like Andre posted on Kamala, and Kamala was strong enough to muscle his you know rear side of him over, and then actually like literally give him a body slam and not just pick him up and kind of slam him down. So it looked really good. The story of this entire thing is when you look back at this match, no one asks who won or lost. No one even worries about that. The story of this entire thing was. Was Kamala getting involved and body slamming Andre. Kamala is just made off of that. And no one talks about, well, he hit him with a two by four across the back and then he cracked him with the two by four in the head. It's just, he got the best of him and body slammed him. That's where the rubber meets the road for this and why I think people talk about it to this day. And then to the point you made, years later, I'm watching that company up north and Kamala, uh, Andre never been body slam, you know, undefeated, which that's a whole nother issue in itself. But the whole never been body slammed is the thing that always got me. And it's just another company's version of history. That's not true. But a lot of the stuff they claim is not true. So that's guess that's a, a greater discussion. But Kamala is he was already made, in my opinion, but pff, he's a made man right here. He just slammed Andre the Giant. He slammed him, and to the point you made, it wasn't a diddly-poo slam. He got him completely over when he slammed him. And you've seen Andre appear on TV before. You've never seen Andre take a beating. You've never seen Andre get slammed. You've never seen Andre bloodied. I know they later did Kamala versus Andre in the WWF, and you know no one ever took this tape and sent it around. Like This should have been a big deal. If the territories had continued... This tape may have become a bigger deal where in Mid-South Wrestling, Kamala and Andre have this history the same way they built up the Killer Khan andre match coming into Mid-South. But it is a big moment here. We'll have a little bit more about that in a few minutes. I don't even know what the finish is. What is the finish? Well, they called it a DQ because of all the involvement that, you know, because Duggan comes in and interferes and then DiBiase and Bourne at the same time, they're trying to double team Andre. DiBiase, if you remember, he even loaded the glove. And here's the thing. Andre doesn't look weak because DiBiase caught him with the loaded glove, a loaded glove that knocked out the top star in the territory, JYD, and sent them home packing. So think about that. When he hits Andre with the loaded glove, it stuns him. But then DiBiase and Bourne still can't take over Andre and get him down. It takes Kamala then coming in after he's already been stunned and hitting Andre with the two by four to even get him wounded enough to where he can hit him with the body slam. So all of that goes down. He eventually call it a DQ in which I, I don't think they really said it, but I, you know, I assume Andre and Atlas technically win, but the story of the match, like we talked is Andre is a wounded animal, man. He's bloodied and battered. And I can't wait to see, to listen to this promo that's coming up shortly from him after all that. Well, before we get there, our next match, the Junkyard Dog versus Marty Lundy with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Junkyard Dog obviously likes working with Marty Lundy, and Bill Watts must like it too, because this is the third singles match these two guys have had, of course, Stagger Lee and the previous ones, on Mid-South TV. And of course, he was involved in the tag team match last week that happened but didn't happen. Uh, during the match, Bill Watts isn't there because he went to the dressing room to see about Andre. Any thoughts or notes about the match, Mike? 
I thought that was interesting and I thought that was well played from Watts to step away at this moment because, again, huge thing. Andre got body slammed by Kamala. So Boyd's calling the action by himself. Great thing for Watts to do. Let me step away for a second. These two do work well together and there must be something there where, you know, JYD likes Marty Lundy because we've seen it a bunch of times now. I don't have any other notes. It was quick. JYD dominated and JYD wins with the, just a clothesline. Just a clothesline. Another guy just winning with a clothesline. Yeah, so we've seen this. I mean, it's the same TV tape, and think about it. Mike Sharp twice with the clothesline, and then JYD wins with a clothesline. So there you have it. But, you know, JYD dominated, but uh, Watts is not there because of the seriousness of what happened. Coming out of that, Bill Watts is back, and he sends us to an interview he had just conducted out on the floor of the Irish McNeil Boys Club with a bloodied and really angry Andre the Giant. Let's hear this. You know, Boyd, in my years around professional wrestling, I've been around a lot of big and a lot of tough men and around a lot of temper and a lot of emotion. But after what happened to Andre the Giant, during the commercial break, I caught him and tried to talk to him about it, and I have never felt so totally helpless or so totally intimidated by this man's size and this power and his anger. And we're going to show you right now that interview that we did between during the commercial break and Andre was in a complete rage, and he was uncontrollable. Let's look at that now. Let me tell me one. Tomorrow, I promise you, I'll be back here. Nobody did that to me before, Bill Watts. And you know that. You know I'm inside the same wrestling. And Tomorrow, I don't know where you come from, and I don't know. Maybe you're a savage. But now I'm going to tell you, you make me a savage, too. And you better tell too. I turn right way. I want him back in that ring. Any time you want, okay? But you don't tell him inside those contracts. You don't promise me that. Promise you. Yeah. You better do it. You never see me mad. You never see me mad now. Nothing I can add to that. I don't blame him for being upset. That's for sure. I'm sure that Mid-South and Charlie Lay will take some punitive action. Skandar, Akbar, Friday, Kamala, all ran right out of the building after the attack on Andre. They were here for one purpose and one purpose only, to try to pick a vulnerable spot. I don't know if DiBiase and Akbar got together and planned it. Certainly they planned to try to capitalize on Hacksaw Dugan, as the Rat Pack always does. It looked like they were looking for a chance for Akbar and Kamala to try to get even or to get at Andre the Giant. But you saw the rage he's in. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes if Grizzly Smith can ever make that rematch. I'll guarantee you that. Now let's go for the final standby match in the ring now. There it is, a fired-up Andre the Giant interview. you got to see the visual of it because it's so strong. He's got the blood on him. He's got both hands on Bill Watts's lapels. He's just grabbing him, and you've never seen Watts not even play it cool, but just he's acting like a guy who has an angry giant holding on to him. And he's just very meek. Uh, you've never seen a meeker Bill Watts here because Andre's doing great. He's doing this fired up promo about how mad he is and how we never see him mad. And then as Bill Watts is wrapping up and he, for a second, you see Reeser just standing next to him in the background, Andre kicks over something and it knocks over and Bill Watts responds to it. It's, this is so good. This is a great Andre the Giant promo here, Mike. I haven't seen nearly as many Andre promos as you, I'm sure. 
I mean, that's got to be one of his top ones. Would you agree with that? In terms of like the fired up ones, yeah, because there are many like, you know, oh, I'm happy to come to your town. Like there's a lot of that stuff. But then when you actually right. see him angry, I mean, you can't think of too many, can you? I mean, he's just so fired up. And the point that we both need to make, too, is Bill Watts is a big man. I mean, he's not as big as Andre, but he's a pretty big man. And Bill Watts never cowers down in a promo. I'm not going to sit there and tell you when he's interviewing people in a promo that he fires up. But he generally will question certain things. And like when he's dealing with DiBiase, he kind of jars back just a little, not too much, but a little bit. And of course, you know, later on when he when he and Corny are going at it on some of the promos, he definitely kind of stirs up Corny's pot a little bit. He doesn't want any part of this big ass giant. Excuse my French right there. He He's like, look, I'm going to interview him. But when Andre grabs him by the lapels and is like, look, pal, I'm, I mean business here. I want him now. I want him back. I want this match. Make it happen. And he's just like, I mean, he's shaking Watts like Watts is a toy. It, it's rather amazing when you think about it in that context, when you think of how big of a man Bill Watts is. Bill Watts never looks, like, intimidated. Not that he looks intimidated, but he's just like, man, this is an angry giant. I don't know what more I can say or do here. So I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm just kind of at a loss for words, like he says. And this is just phenomenal stuff, man. This is a really, really good promo. The show probably should have ended there, but instead we get one final standby match. Tim Horner versus Don Bass with Alfred Neely as the referee. Tim Horner wins with seconds remaining with the Fez Press. Once again, another undercard win for Tim Horner. He's kind of getting the Brian Blair push from a year earlier. Any thoughts or notes before we wrap up this episode, Mike? I think you summarized it pretty well right there. Tim Horner's getting a little bit of a push these days, and good for Tim. You know, like we always say, he's a good worker, real good worker, just not good on the mic. So, no, I don't have anything else. Well, with that, we wrap up another week of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts. And you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. And speaking of podcasts, you can listen to Mike on Booking the Territory. Mike, let the listeners know a little bit more about that and how they can stay in touch with you. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike504Saints. I'd appreciate it. And then you can listen to Book in the Territory twice per week at tinyurl.com slash bttpod or just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. We do two shows a week. Thursday nights, our NWA shows drop, and on Sunday nights, our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps drop. It's a fun time. It's an unprofessional wrestling podcast with myself, Hard Body Hopper, Doc Turner, as we have a great time talking classic Southern wrestling. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct, but like I said, still fun nonetheless. Brian, another great week of Mid-South. This was a lot of fun. Should have been capped off by that, Andre. I, we could have done without Don Bass and Tim Horner, but uh, hey, what do you know? You can't always get what you want, but in the end, another fun episode, and we're going through another fun time into Mid-South here. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.